Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Lineup on Yahoo Sports. My name is Steven Zahoyes, that's Wesley Chang, and we're going to break down everything from a fantasy football perspective from Week 9 and looking forward to Week 10 in the National Football League. And, Wes, we're going to start off with trade deadline talk in Yahoo Standard Fantasy Football Leagues. The trade deadline is November 14th, so it's coming up. Who is one player that you've got your eye on, whether buying or selling, at the trade deadline? If you're looking to chase down a final playoff berth in your life and your leagues, DJ Moore is a name you got to consider to sell. He's already trending downwards. There's a lot of things not going his way. And he still has a bye week coming up in week 13. So you're giving up a little bit of value there if you're fighting for a spot. Here are the things that are trending down. Christian McCaffrey's back. That means less touches overall for the entire offense. And on top of that, Curtis Samuel has really emerged as a player who is eating up more looks and opportunities in this offense. On the season after week nine now, DJ Moore ranks third amongst the wide receivers in total touches in this offense. But one of the other stats that jumps out to me about DJ Moore, he's had seven drops so far this season, which is number one in the NFL. But that is more than all of the Carolina starters combined. So clearly, Teddy Bridgewater is looking elsewhere and is losing a little bit of trust with Moore. He has a 57% catch rate, which is seventh worst in the NFL. He's currently the wide receiver 21. If I were you, I would look to try to make a move for him now. Grab a player who's already had their bye week, who is a wide receiver two, or at worst, a wide receiver three. In fantasy football, a lot that goes into how you approach a a trade is where you are in the standings and where your trade partner is in the standings. Julio Jones is one of these players who's been really coming on as of late. He's averaging over 18 points per game since week six. But the issue is with Julio Jones is the fantasy manager in your league that has him probably struggled quite a bit early on in the season between weeks two to five. Julio Jones combined for under 10 fantasy points. A lot of that obviously has to do with the hamstring injury he's dealt with. But Jones is a player that if you're on a team that's struggling and with the Falcons on bye in week 10, you should be trying to shop him around to see if you can get some players to help fill in the bye weeks moving forward. Because at this point of the year, every week is crucial with the playoffs starting typically in week 14 or week 15. So Julio Jones, for as great as he's been, He's someone that if you are struggling, look to try to trade in order to fill the the void during the bye weeks and just making your team a little bit more well-rounded moving forward. Call me a broken record, but I got to go right back to Clyde Edwards-Alaire as somebody you should be offloading, again, if you're making a play for a playoff berth. Now we've got three games with him and Le'Veon Bell together. CEH has 47% of the snaps, Bell has 29, and all other running backs have 24 in this offense so far. He's been averaging just 10 touches a game, which is a far cry from the 21 that he had in the first stretch of games in the season. He's had 23 red zone carries. He's had seven goal line carries. He's only had one touchdown throughout all of those opportunities. Over the last three games, KC has actually only used the running backs 32% of the time in the red zone. So that's clearly showing you that they have more trust in the rest of the offense than the running backs. With their bye week coming up in week 10, don't wait until Saturday to make this trade. You got to make the trade by this Thursday in order for it to be processed for this upcoming week 10. Consider looking for another struggling RB who's had their bye week already 
think somebody like Joe Mixon or Jonathan Taylor. Marquise Hollywood Brown has not lived up to the name Hollywood this season at all. That's a pretty, you know, big time nickname for a player to have, but he's been anything but for fantasy football managers. My thing with Hollywood is I'm trying to buy low because I don't think his value has ever been so low. And I think you can get him, like I said, for probably the easiest it's ever been this season. He is third amongst players in percentage of team share in air yards across the entire NFL. Yet he's the only wide receiver in the top 10 of that statistic who ranks outside the top 40 in fantasy points. We're going to do a section on players who have been anomalies and outliers this season. Just a teaser right there. And Marquise Brown could definitely fall in line with those players because he just hasn't been able to perform the way many expected him to. Now the schedule really gets easy for Hollywood moving forward, which is the reason why I'm willing to send a low offer to the Marquise Hollywood Brown owner to see if I can get him in a trade for the stretch run because I think there's got, he definitely has to be better than what we've seen so far. And a lot of the struggles, although they're attached to Lamar Jackson, I still think he's a talented enough player to have a big game or two down the stretch, which could help you in your run to the championship. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. Now that we have nine weeks of data to look back at, the sample size is large enough to spotlight any outliers that are kind of jumping out. So, Stevie, who's somebody that you see should be performing better or worse than what the data suggests? When looking at the running back position, it's hard to overlook Joe Mixon and how he's performed in the red zone this season. He's got 18 carries in the red zone this year, just one touchdown. There's an, a list of other running backs like David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Lair, and Joshua Kelly. They're the only other ones with 15-plus carries in the red zone that only have one touchdown. So he's already in a bit of an odd spot with those players because we know Mixon is more talented. He's proven to be more talented than those three players. And then you look inside the goal line. He's had five carries inside the five, no touchdowns. So he's definitely due for some positive touchdown regression. And the matchups agree with that. If you look down the stretch, Mixon has three favorable matchups that fantasy managers really will want to key in on, including matchups against Miami Dolphins and Dallas Cowboys. Now, in the first half of the season, Mixon only had one favorable matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's definitely due for some positive TD and fantasy point regression. Building on that point, Daryl Henderson is another name who pops up as an outlier when you're looking at red zone and goal line data. So far in the season, he's had 28 red zone opportunities, but he's actually only had three touchdowns. He's had fourth, he's had the fourth most red zone carries, the fifth most goal line carries, but that touchdown total he has on the season, that's 26th in the entire NFL. Now, even though other RB1s, they get a lot more uh, snap share than Daryl Henderson does, he ranks seventh in points produced, fantasy points produced per snap. So he's been incredibly efficient with his looks. And on top of that, PFF actually has him graded as the number two running back for the entire season, 
just behind Dalvin Cook. So while in Los Angeles, it's still technically a committee. Henderson has far and wide outproduced Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers in this offense. He's currently an RB23, but looking at some of the opportunities that he has in the red zone, this should easily suggest a top 20 running back finish for the rest of the season. Joe Mixon was someone who I talked about earlier as being due for some positive touchdown regression down the stretch. Christian Kirk, on the other hand, this guy's due to take a step back. He has scored five touchdowns in the last three games. He scored six in his first two years in the NFL. So just in a three-game sample size alone, he's almost matched his first two years in the league. And my issue with Kirk is that he's in an offense with a target magnet like DeAndre Hopkins. He's seventh in the NFL in targets right now. And any given game on multiple occasions can be a DeAndre Hopkins game where we just see Kirk kind of forgotten about in this offense and Hopkins becomes Kyler Murray's number one target. So just knowing the volatility that Kirk offers, he is a clear sell high to me as the Yahoo fantasy football trade deadline inches a little bit closer now. Keeping with the wide receiver position, Air yards and red zone targets is typically statistics that correlate to fantasy production from that position. So while I'm not complimenting this upcoming player's performance and production so far, AJ Green's numbers have been so bad, it's near statistically impossible for him to be doing what he's doing. He's had 15 red zone targets this season. He's had zero touchdowns and zero receptions. No other player who's had 15 red zone targets or more has had less than five catches from those opportunities. If you want to find somebody with zero red zone uh, catches, you have to go all the way down to the 93rd player in the NFL who's Jeff Smith, and he's had eight red zone looks, zero catches. Um, yeah, currently as a wide receiver, 74. While he has been awful, and I'm again, not complimenting how AJ Green's been playing, his opportunities suggest that there's just no way he could be playing this bad. He should at worst be a wide receiver 50 uh, in your leagues. So if he's on the wire, go get him on the cheap. And if somebody still has him rostered, you can probably get him in a trade for pennies on the dollar. This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. We're now going to do our weekly waiver wire examination. And Wes, if you need a wide receiver, there's some pretty good options on the wire this week. Rostered in just 30% of Yahoo leagues, Curtis Samuel is a name that you should consider for the rest of the season. Over the last three games, he's put up 56 fantasy points, which is good for fifth in the entire NFL at the wide receiver position. On Carolina, He's actually been number one on the receiving core in total touches during the same period. And PFF has graded him as Carolina's top skill position player during these last three games. Now, here are some stats that really build his resume here. He has a 90% catch rate right now, which is number two in the NFL. Robbie Anderson, he's only at 75%. And I mentioned DJ Moore earlier. He's at 57, which is seventh worst in the NFL. He has the most carries by any wide receiver in the NFL at 22, and he's pretty much emerged as the number one gadget wide receiver in the NFL. Joe Brady's done a really good job defining a role for him in this offense. Moving forward, especially with Christian McCaffrey having some injury news pop up once again, 
Feel free getting Samuel off your wire as a high ceiling wide receiver three. With this player, I'm starting to sound like a school teacher nagging you to get your homework in, but Jalen Rager, who's available in 76% of Yahoo Fantasy Football Leagues, definitely shouldn't be that widely available. This is a rookie first-round pick wide receiver who has league-winning upside in a year where first-round pick rookie wide receivers are performing extremely well. Look at C.D. Lamb, look at Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson. I rest my case. And the thing with Rager as well is he is an explosive, dynamic playmaker on an Eagles team that doesn't have a whole lot of that at the wide receiver position. He came back in week eight and looked pretty good. There were no setbacks that were reported with his thumb. He had three catches for 16 yards and a touchdown, while also adding a two-point conversion. And his day could have been much bigger as he had a long touchdown pass batted out of his hands late in that game against the Cowboys. So Rager is someone, one of the few players, I'd say, that has truly league-winning upside available on your waiver wire. And it's a shame that he is only rostered in 24% of Yahoo leagues. But be part of the change and get active and at him on your waiver wire this week. Up against the Raiders in Week 10, Tim Patrick rostered in 21% of leagues should deserve more attention as well. Even with KJ Hamler back after Week 7, Patrick still is number two on the team in wide receiver snaps just behind Jerry Judy. In his last two games that he played, Patrick's had 46% of Denver's red zone targets and 60% of their end zone looks. And I've mentioned this earlier in the show, those are such valuable statistics when you're looking at the wide receiver position. On the season, he has the most air yards amongst all of the Denver receivers. And at six foot five, 210 pounds, he's the perfect replacement on the outside to Cortland Sutton, who has been down for the year. Averaging 12 fantasy points over his last five games, Patrick has clearly established himself as a reliable option in this offense. Moving forward, you can look to him as being a boom bust wide receiver three the rest of the way. I'm going from one Hollywood who I talked about earlier in Marquise Hollywood Brown to another in Richard Hollywood Higgins. And I don't know why people were so quick to quit Higgins in fantasy football. When OBJ stepped out of that game against the Cincinnati Bengals, he posted six receptions for 110 yards. In a game against the Las Vegas Raiders, where wins were reported to have hit 50 miles per hour, he had a bad game. No duh. This is a game where you look at it, it's how are you going to throw a football in 50 mile per hour wins? Good luck trying to do anything. So with Higgins here, I think there's a, a bit of a souring on him in the fantasy community. He was dropped in 28% of Yahoo leagues during the Cleveland Browns week nine bye week. So I think there's a clear opportunity to buy low and add Higgins off your waiver wire this week. Welcome back to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. We're now going to dig into some news and notes. And it, Big Mike Davis is back, and he's relevant in fantasy football circles, Wes. Yeah, don't go running to it right now, but check to see if Mike Davis was accidentally dropped onto your waiver wires. There have been some conflicting reports, but Ian Rappaport said Christian McCaffrey's shoulder injury might have him very much in doubt for Week 10. Coach Matt Rule was quick to say that he's actually more day-to-day. -day. Regardless of what ends up here with McCaffrey, Mike Davis is a player that probably shouldn't be on the wire just yet. He might have some short-term value playing in Week 10 if McCaffrey is hurt, but even if he is playing, he's probably not 100%. The other thing 
uh, kind of put in favor for Mike Davis, he's proven as an RB insurance policy that he's one of the top three best options in the entire league. Moving forward, uh, he's been the way, well, let me go step back. He's been the waiver wire pick of the season, but moving forward, you rarely find an RB at this time in the season who's going to be able to give you that sort of upside. So slide him onto your roster if he has been dropped as a RB insurance policy. You're not going to find a whole lot more value anywhere else at this point in the season. The Dallas Cowboys might be on the verge of the worst QB controversy of all time because Garrett Gilbert looked pretty good against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which is one of the best in the NFL. He could actually move around in the pocket well. He was picking up first downs with his feet. But most of all, he was keeping the Dallas Cowboys passing options afloat. Amari Cooper had a much better game than with the one we saw the week prior. CeeDee Lamb was able to find the end zone. And Michael Gallup actually tied for the team lead in targets with seven. So the good news is Gilbert is good enough. He's better than the sidearm specialist Ben DiNucci to keep those passing options relevant in fantasy football. The issue is obviously the running attack because Zeke Elliott is still not the same player that fantasy managers drafted. And actually, Tony Pollard outplayed Elliott once again this week, looking a little bit more explosive, and he had a better yards per carry in that backfield. So Ezekiel Elliott's stock still remains down, but I do like the passing options moving forward. We know Andy Dalton is going to get the job when he comes back, and I think they can kind of lift this offense up a bit because it was some really dark times if you had a guy like Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb on your fantasy team, but now I think you can feel a little bit better. The floor is higher, but the ceiling's not quite what it was when Dak Prescott was under center. Out of Washington, Kyle Allen has now had season-ending surgery, moving and opening the door up for Alex Smith. So what does that mean from a fantasy standpoint? Well, let's take a look at some of his track record. From 2014 to 2016, Alex Smith ranked dead last in air yards and average depth of target in all three of those seasons. He's been traditionally known as a conservative game caller in any offense he's played in. That's probably not going to change here. From that week nine game, when he did take over, the biggest takeaway had to have been J.D. McKissick, who ended up having 14 targets as a running back. I think there's a chance that actually that will continue to be the trend, especially if game scripts continue to have them playing from behind. But in terms of the other players on this roster, skill position wise, the knock is ultimately Terry McLaurin. He's not going to have as many opportunities downfield to make some of the plays that he was with Allen. And then bumping themselves up, you can look at McKissick, as I mentioned, as somebody who might be able to have more looks. But Logan Thomas, at a very thin tight end position this season, he might be able to get some more checkdowns coming from Alex Smith as well. But for the quarterback himself, don't feel any urgency to go roster him. He's not relevant even in two QB leagues. That's going to do it for this episode of The Lineup on Yahoo Sports. But if you want to stay up to date to everything related to the show, hit the subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at Yahoo Sports CA. For Wesley Chang, I'm Steven Sahoyas. Don't you forget to set your lineup for Week 10 in the NFL.